Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Pac 12 Football Media Day. And Viva Stanford Football. 2023 regular season begins in six weeks. Troy Taylor's calling the shots for the program. And Stanford is hoping to hit some jackpots this fall. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas, Pac-12 football media day style for this edition of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity on the Believe Podcast Network and presented by Bet Online. Great to have you with us here Friday, July 21st, 2023. What's happening in Vegas? Ain't staying in Vegas, at least not for tonight anyway, as we are here at Pac-12 football media day. All 12 teams are here And, of course, Stanford, represented by the head coach, Troy Taylor, wide receiver John Humphreys, and linebacker Tristan Sinclair. We talked with all three of those guys, and we also caught up with Stanford Athletic Director Bernard Muir. So all four of those chats coming up as we go through this episode of the TreeCast. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Great to have you with us. If you're new to the show... Well, we've been doing this since 2015, covering Stanford sports like nobody else in the podcast or audio space. Here we are at our fourth different media day for football. That's always a always a fun event, always a great way to uh, uh, to kick off the season. And the TreeCast has become the go-to podcast for Stanford football fans over the past eight years. Certainly a big time thanks to you for your help on that. In case you don't know who I am, I'm Troy Clarity. How's it going? Coming up with my 31st season of following Stanford football, Stanford class of 97, Pac-12 network play-by-play announcer across 10 different sports, and also NFL and college football play-by-play announcer on Compass Media Networks. And who knows where else you might hear me calling games this upcoming fall, but uh, certainly love being a part of uh, what Stanford does and looking forward to getting things going. In six weeks, September the 1st, the opener for Stanford as they hop on the plane and head out to Hawaii. But first, we are in Las Vegas, Pac-12 Football Media Day, less drama, less chaos than we certainly saw at the last two uh, Pac-12 Football Media Days. No Deion Sanders, but, but still a bit of a touch of uncertainty. Uh, of course, this is the, the last hurrah for this iteration of the Pac-12 with UCLA and USC leaving after this season. Commissioner George Klyevkov began the festivities on uh, Friday morning. He did not announce a new media rights deal for the conference. Uh, he pretty much had his happy face on throughout the entire uh, throughout his entire uh, appearance uh, up on the podium on the main stage. Called the Pac-12 football product the strongest it's been in a couple of decades. And certainly that case can be made. He rattled off a bunch of stats from left to right, from the quarterbacks to the top recruits staying in the footprint, all those sorts of things. And yeah, certainly uh, a lot of good things could happen at the top of the Pac-12 conference. But if the Pac-12 football product is as strong as it's been in two decades, according to Commissioner Klayevkov, where does Stanford fit into that? Well, according to the media poll, at the bottom, Stanford picked to finish 12th in the 12-team Pac-12 football league. Uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens. Of course, it's obviously much more important to finish right than to start right. 
We will hear from our distinguished guests coming up in just a few moments or so, beginning with Stanford head football coach Troy Taylor. But first, uh, this reminder that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be your fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts troy taylor the new head coach of stanford football assumed the reins back in december you heard from him in the immediate aftermath of that press conference back in december on the treecast we talked with troy ourselves one-on-one back in february And I caught up with him once again, one-on-one, here at Pac-12 Football Media Day, the new head coach of Stanford football, Troy Taylor. And and the first thing that I asked him for, as obviously, you know, the last time we talked back in March for a a season ticket member's uh, Zoom webinar, we, we had to talk about a lot of unknowns. But this took go around. I asked Troy Taylor which unknowns have turned into knowns as we get closer to the season. Well, we have an eager team that's willing to work hard for long durations. They're completely committed to our vision and our schemes and all those things and love our guys. And then uh, the Stanford brand and recruiting is still as powerful as it's ever been. So, you know, getting out on the the road and then uh, being able to get commitments and those type of things, those are... uh, those are good things for the program, and uh, you know you hear different things about how can can Stanford still recruit and all this. Uh, you know the brand is just as powerful as it's ever been. Yeah, and it's been really incredible to see that kind of manifest itself yeah. with some of the names that we've been starting yeah. to see, and you know I, I'd imagine that perhaps that pays dividends perhaps going forward and perhaps gains a bit of momentum going forward as well. Yeah, I mean you know you. At the end of the day, your program is built on recruiting and developing those guys, right? So um, you got to bring in players that are, you know, talented and big enough and fast enough, all those things, but also committed to, to being a great student athlete. And uh, it takes a lot of motivation, a lot of commitment. So, um, and putting back to back, to back years on that, and then, you know, keeping your coaching staff around so you have, are able to develop that culture, but also the continuity. And so everything's going great. Um, you know, we got a tough conference. This is an amazing conference. It's uh, it's pretty stacked, and our guys are excited about the season. We just kind of we really stay focused on day-to-day activities and, and move forward each day. Yeah, let's talk about this year's squad and some things that are potentially ahead, uh, at least that need to be decided in the, in the weeks ahead. Quarterback position, yeah. obviously something that's very near and dear to your heart. You mentioned earlier this morning, four different candidates. Kind of walk yeah. us through the race for QB1 right now. Yeah, so you know, two of the guys uh, were there when I when I arrived, Ari Patu and Ashton Daniels. Um, you know, neither of them have played a lot. They played a little. Um, so they got a lot of work in the spring. They took almost all the reps, those two guys, um, and really improved. Got a good feel for them. I, I love those two guys. They're talented. They're hardworking. They're smart. They're committed. And then we had two two other guys that have joined us. So Justin Lamson uh, joined us as a transfer. And then uh, Miles Jackson is a is a freshman that we signed, and he is he's there as well for the summer. So we'll get a chance to see those guys in fall camp. We'll get to see them in some live action, some team stuff, um, and then one or two or maybe all four will emerge, 
and uh, we'll have a decision to make. Is it a possibility where we might see multiple quarterbacks throughout the course of the season, or at least in the early going? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a possibility. I mean, I had never done that until the last two years at Sacramento State, and so it was effective for us, so I'm not against it. Um, it, it is unique, you know, to be able to play more than, than one quarterback, but I'm open to whatever helps us as a team, you know, that can help us be successful. I'm totally open to it. The running back room with E.J. Smith coming back and looking to put together yeah. a good stretch of ball. Casey Filkins was outstanding, and yeah. when he was on the field, I yeah. thought was Stanford's best player last year. Kind of take us through that room right now and some things yeah. that might be asked of them this upcoming season. Yeah, so, you know, both those guys, Casey and E.J., <clears throat> were kind of coming off injuries, so um, they, they got their feet wet a little bit in spring, but they weren't really 100%. So got to see kind of flashes of how talented those guys are and now starting to see that in the summer, you know, why people were so excited with those guys because they're healthy now. Uh, and then, you know, a, a couple of freshmen that are they're coming in to join us, um, Caleb Hampton and, you know, um, uh, we have a, a walk-on that's coming in and joining us, uh, Cedric Irvin. Um, you know, those guys are, are good players. So... They got to learn the offense quickly and uh, you know assimilate into our system. Uh, but we're going to need we're going to need all of them to be a part of the system. And then Brent Barrow is another kid that's been around. So um, we're excited about that room. But they're young, like a lot of our team is. You know, young, experienced, but have some talent. And guys just uh, got to get up to speed quickly because we're going to ask them to contribute. I think a lot of that could also be said about the offensive line yeah. as well. Wholesale changes. Who are some of the candidates that you're looking at up front? Yeah, well, you know, like Levi Rogers is back, and um, you know he did not participate in spring. He was recovering. He's healthy now. And Fisher Anderson, and there's you know a number of guys that were really excited. It got brought a couple of uh, transfers in um, from Ivy League schools that are helping us out. But you know, it's it got a most of those guys hadn't played a lot until spring. So those guys got a chance to play a little bit in the spring, got their feet wet. Now had a great offseason. Hopefully they'll continue to progress. And then we got, bottom line is we got to find probably eight guys that can help us through the season um, to be able to contribute. On the, other, on the other side of the ball, defensively, of course, David Bailey getting a lot of attention. I can't wait to see Ernest Cooper because he certainly yeah. seemed to show some flashes last year as well. Who are some other individual guys that you're going to be keeping an eye on defensively? Yeah, well, you'd mentioned David Bailey. He's, he's a very talented guy that's um, can continue to progress. Um, you know, Gaithan Bernadelle as a linebacker, one of our transfers, has been fantastic. Um, and then Tristan Sinclair is here. He's another linebacker that's been good. And AK Gilman and Jimmy. And, you know, I mean, you could, you could, I could keep going. There's some really good players. Um, some of them have played, and some of them are getting their their first shot. You know, Zarin Manley and Colin Wright are two guys that have emerged at corner. And then, you know, you got the guys up front and Anthony Franklin, Jackson uh, Moy. Um, and then Tobin Phillips, you know, among a bunch of other guys that we're, that are going to contribute. So um, excited about the group. Um, again, for for our team in general, it's just about continuing to progress, become more comfortable in the scheme, getting stronger, getting faster, and and then staying healthy. A couple big picture things here and. Scheduling-wise, Notre Dame not on the schedule past 2024. Okay. Who knows what's going to happen yeah. with UCLA and USC. Would you like to see those three programs continue to be on Stanford's schedule in the future? Yeah, I mean, you know, the scheduling thing is is, is a unique challenge and how, how it all fits. So, I, you know, whoever, we're going to have a great conference, 
and and we'll play those teams. I think Fleet Notre Dame will continue to, to to be a tradition, and then with the other teams, we'll see if they, if it fits in. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it, but uh, either way, we're always going to have a, a great schedule, and it'll be a challenging schedule for sure. But uh, we're excited about this year. First three, Hawaii, USC, Sacramento State. Yeah. What are some things that you would like to see this team have accomplished after those first three? Well, the goal is always the same, you know, is to, to win each game we play in. So um, we'll prepare, and uh, we're pretty pretty focused on Hawaii. I've been watching all three of those teams pretty closely all summer just to get a feel. and uh, We'll kind of stay in that mindset, and then at the end of fall camp, we'll start to focus more on Hawaii. Uh, but right now, it's really just about getting ourselves ready to play anybody, but uh, it's definitely a challenging three games. Guys report July 31st. Camp begins right after that. It all begins on September 1st. At the end of the season, as we wrap this up, what do you think is fair to expect from Stanford football this season? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, it's our, our expectations are to win every game we play in. That's what we do. And then if we win, we keep moving. If we lose a game, then we move on to the next game. So it doesn't really change uh, regardless of the situation. But uh, you can expect us to play a fun brand of football, be really bold, aggressive. Our guys will compete, and they'll love playing. Loved the pace that I saw during the spring football game. That was a lot of fun. Can't wait to see it all unfold during the course of the regular season. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate thanks, the time. We'll talk, a lot, we'll talk a lot in the weeks ahead, I'm sure. All right, go card. All right, thanks to Troy Taylor for stopping by and spending some time with us and uh, and uh, being a part uh, of the show. A couple of things that kind of caught my eye, particularly the quarterback position and how that could potentially be handled as Troy Taylor says that he is not against playing multiple quarterbacks this season if it comes to it. So Ari Patu, Ashton Daniels, Justin Lampson, the transfer from Syracuse, and the freshman Miles Jackson, all four of those guys could be in the mix. So intriguing that, that, that Troy Taylor is even publicly entertaining this at this point in the season, noting that, hey, you, you could see maybe uh, situational guys or, or, or things like that, but, but certainly not against playing multiple quarterbacks, um, depending upon how things tend to go. Now, I have a feeling that he's not necessarily in a hurry to go ahead and, and name a QB one. Heck, a couple of the guys, you know, Miles Jackson hasn't been in actual real-life fall drills just yet. Justin Lansom was not with the, uh, Lampson was not with the team um, during the spring as he transferred in from Syracuse. So uh, a, a lot for those two guys to show and a lot for the two incumbents and Patu and Daniels to show as well. But, but it, it didn't escape me that Miles Jackson got mentioned by Troy Taylor. Also didn't escape me that a few other true freshmen were mentioned by Coach Taylor as well at other positions. So certainly Stanford not going to, uh, it appears anyway at this point, uh, be very shy about throwing some of their youngsters out there and shoving them in the pool and, and seeing what they can do. And, of course, it's you know, part and parcel of, of how college football operates these days where, where the kids get more, get more playing time more quickly, it seems, for, for many reasons these days. But certainly, Troy Taylor not shying away from those possibilities from playing multiple quarterbacks to playing a bunch of freshmen. So we'll see how those things uh, tend out and, 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 and pan out throughout the uh, course of the season. And above all, he just, he just wants to play fast and to play fun. I like it. And certainly for those, if you were at the Stanford football spring game uh, back in April, man, it was jarring just to watch just the tempo by which the Stanford offense was running when 
went to the 11 on 11 drills. It was just almost at neck break speed. Maybe not quite at Chip Kelly 2010 levels <laughs> back when he was coaching uh, the Oregon Ducks, but not too far off. Breakneck speed for Stanford football. And it's not just something that, that, they, that they're going to play. They don't just play at a breakneck speed. They also practice at a breakneck speed as well. Which brings us to our next guest that you're going to hear from who joined us here on Pac-12 Football Media Day. John Humphreys, Stanford football wide receiver, has been a big part of the Stanford squad playing and practicing at a higher tempo. Humphreys, 29 catches and a touchdown last season. He's actually Stanford's leading returning wide receiver. I asked John how the transition has been for him so far. Oh, it's been great. You know, it's been a really um, smooth transition. Coach Taylor um, has kind of, you know, come in from day one, from that first meeting, um, implemented, um, you know, the culture that he, he wants to build in our program and um, how he wants to build our program. And, and then just on the football side of things, um, you know, it's been great. Just learning a new system, trying to soak up as much knowledge as I can and, and learn it as fast as I can, just knowing that um, to be comfortable and be out there not thinking and just playing freely, you have to know like it's the back of your hand so really just the whole all the guys have really bought into just you know playing fast and being able to know the offense as best as possible yeah some of the differences from a wide receiver standpoint from this scheme uh between 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 this scheme and the previous one yeah, um, you're running some different routes. Um, me personally, moving moving over, playing in the slot a little bit. Um, so just lining up in some different positions, running different routes. Um, I would say the one of the main things is we're, we're going more to the traditional, like uh, you know, new newer offenses um, where you're no huddle. You know, it's all signals, and you're not huddling up. Kind of have time to catch your breath, go to the line of scrimmage. So I'd say the main thing for me. Um, you know, getting used to um, just that up-tempo style of play and, and being able to, you know, you're not necessarily, like, catch your breath, but at the end of the day, like, you're, you're being able to play, like, when you're gas. And, and our training system has gotten us ready for that style of play. Um, our strength guys have done just an incredible job. Um, so commend them to just preparing us for this new style. Um, but, yeah. Obviously, a lot of change in the wide receiver room. Elijah Higgins, Michael Wilson, Bryson Tremaine. Yeah. You're now the leader yeah. of the wide receiver room. How does it feel, number one? And number two, who are some of the other guys in the wide receiver room that uh, we're going to be counting on and watching throughout the course of the fall? Yeah, it feels great. I mean, these past couple of years, being able to, you know, learn from and, and just learn from each other. I feel like we've had just such a healthy room um, in the past with those guys. And, and really, Mike set that in into stone and set the culture for, for our receiver room. Um, and, and Coach Kennedy did a great job as well. But, um, yeah, it's been I think these young guys, and not necessarily all young guys, but um, have learn from those three guys who are now you know on NFL rosters and are fighting to make NFL rosters and great players so being you know that's made it easier and these guys although they haven't been able to showcase as much um, just you know with such great such a great room um, they're ready to explode off the scene you know guys like um, Silas Starr and Bryce Farrell and uh, Moody Rubin and Alec A.O. Manor and Tiger Bachmeyer. Um, I mean, we have Jason Rains. I, I'm going to forget somebody, but we have we have so many weapons um, that you know are just such you know good players, ready to you know showcase their talents. And um, I'm really excited for them to get that opportunity and, and kind of show what they're all about and, and just grow grow as players. 
As usual at Stanford, a lot of eyes are going to be on the quarterback. And as of right now, QB1, been up in the air a little bit. Yeah. You got a chance to work out with a couple of the candidates so far in the spring a little bit. Kind of compare and contrast uh, Patu and yeah. Ashton Daniels. And I'm not sure if you had a chance to work out with a couple of the other potential candidates as well. But kind of preview the, the QB1 race and what we might see in the, in the weeks ahead. Yeah, I've been able to, you know, throw with all of them. And, and they're just, wow, what, you know, incredible players. I'm, I'm lucky. I, I'm just happy I don't have to make that decision. Because <laughs> um, they are just, they all do such good things. Um, differently unique they're unique to they have their unique styles and they add their different spices to the game um, but I'm just more impressed about how you know mature they've all gone about the competition and, and I've seen you know through the spring I saw Arian um, Arian Ashton really you know two ultra competitors obviously want to be the guy just be mature about it all and be there for each other and support each other and um, it's really been just such a healthy competition um, so I'm impressed by them and their maturity as young guys just to how they've gone about it and I think it's ultimately both made them better players and and that's what it's going to continue to do throughout fall camp is just going to elevate their games and, and you know you know make them even more ready to play and whoever the guy is I know the next guy in line is going to um, support support like he's the guy and um yeah it's it's been good individually how do you approach the season ahead do you have numbers do you have goals uh, specific hard concrete goals that you have in mind uh that you want to set i mean how do you how do you approach the things that you want to accomplish as an individual uh, this upcoming season yeah you know i'm big on just focusing on the now i think as i when i start a new it's easy to get into a rhythm so as i start a new summer training period i start i set my you know i write down my individual goals in in a little notebook i have of of what my goals are for that summer and then i'll reset and you know have my fall camp goals and then at the beginning of the season I might set some season goals but I'm really just uh, coach Taylor's huge on like it's kind of all plays into it but you know winners don't focus talk or focus on winning they just you know they just do it that's just kind of what they do they eat they breathe and they focus on the only way to do that is to focus on the day the, the day at hand so not looking too far ahead um, but at the end of the day like I just want to I want to win football games um, uh, that's you know why we play this game um, and to do that I know that I have to focus can't look too far ahead focus on the day at hand um, and really just to uh, just eager to just eat up whatever role that you know this team needs me to play for them um, you know obviously so like want that to be as big of a role as, as it is and what they need I'm ready to step up um, for that challenge um, but I'm just excited yeah it's it's a you know what a cool opportunity we have at, through this transition and um, just being that first um, stepping stone in this so yeah how much fun are you having with this event? You yeah. get a chance to hang out with uh, some of the other guys from the other teams. You get a chance to answer probably a bunch of the same questions <laughs> over and over again. How have you found this experience here today? Oh, it's been awesome. You know, what a cool opportunity to, you know, represent uh, my team and be chosen, you know, be here as a leader and, um, you know, just my, what a great university to be representing. Um, but yeah, this experience has been cool, uh, really cool. Um, ton of, you know, talking interviews, um, stuff like that. It's been cool. And then just hanging around other guys, you know, everyone here is awesome. You know, they're here for a reason. Uh, they're, you know, like-minded, you know, leaders of their team and have some prior relationships with some guys from other teams. So that's been cool to kind of, you know, get to talk to them, chat it up, you know, guys you play against. Um, too, so it's uh, it's been cool. All right, let's wrap it up on yeah. this. Uh, at the end of this season, what are some things that you hope this team will have accomplished when it's all said and done? Yeah, I mean, like I said, you want to 
focus on win every, winning every game um, and focus on that game at hand. Um, but, yeah, I think for us, I think it's just coming out um, and getting it back. Um, you know, Stanford has such a lineage of great teams and players, the, the, the teams that I grew up watching, um, you know, as a kid and, and why I always dreamt of, of getting coming here and playing for Stanford. And I think, um, you know, like I said, we have an opportunity to, to, to get it back to, to what it used to be and, and what it should be, you know, what this place um, breathes. It breathes excellence. Um, and that's kind of all what, why, we, why we decide to come here. We want to be around excellence. We want, we want to succeed. And we're ultra competitors. Um, you know, you see it in the guys um, in all aspects of life. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's what I would say. Six weeks from the day, yeah. the opener. But who's counting? No, nah, who's counting? <laughs> let's exactly. Get, let's get through who's fall counting? camp and then let's roll from there. <laughs> exactly. John, can't wait to see what you and the rest of the offense and the entire squad are able to do uh, this season. Thanks a bunch. Yeah. Appreciate the time. Best of luck. Best of health. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Troy. I appreciate you having me. Good stuff from John Humphreys. Appreciate him taking out the time. And that is a, that's a that's a big time Stanford Athletics family with uh, dad playing for fo- playing for football and and and, and mom uh, doing big time things in the Stanford uh, Hall of Fame for for women's volleyball. Sister Kelsey played volleyball, won a national championship with the Cardinal in 2016. John's aunt. Uh, also played uh, volleyball at Stanford back in uh, back in the early '80s. So uh, the uh, bloodlines for Stanford run very very deep in the Humphreys household. Always neat to see, and he, he discussed obviously playing at a higher tempo for Stanford offensively this upcoming season. And man, that that means conditioning, right? <laughs> you can't just can't just come in off the street and run at that fast of a tempo without being physically ready. Because if you're not physically ready, then that that obviously kind of stretches over into the mental side of things um, as well. You start getting tired, you start getting fatigued, you start forgetting assignments and all those sorts of things. So playing at a higher tempo at a premium this year, conditioning and strength at a premium as a result as well. And I'm glad he took us, took us uh, through the uh, wide receiver room as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he and what uh, Moody Rubin in particular um, can do to take steps forward. We saw flashes of Rubin um, throughout the course of, of last season. Made some, made some pretty decent catches. Caught a couple uh, scores uh, last year as well. So looking forward to seeing Rubin continue to progress. And overall, when you look at it, I think that Stanford has a bit more returning in the skill positions than most people might think with, with, with John Humphreys, with Ben Urosik, if you want to add him to that pass catcher's mix, and obviously certainly you know, a, a host of other tight ends returning for Stanford uh, this fall um, as well. And you heard Troy Taylor talk about the backfield with E.J. Smith and Casey Filkins. Boy, wouldn't it be nice to see get, get complete seasons out of both of those young men. So I, I think... Certainly offensively in the skill position department. I think Stanford is, has more returning. Obviously, they lose a lot production-wise. But they, I think they have more skill returning in the skill positions than, than you might particularly think. We'll see. John Humphreys will try to help lead that charge. And as you heard him say, hey, we want to bring it back. Bring it back to where the program was not that long ago. On the defensive side of the ball, and, and you longtime listeners to the tree cast have are fully aware of, of the, 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 the deficiencies that unfortunately cropped up on the defensive side of the ball for Stanford over the last couple of years. Tough to watch at times. 
Tristan Sinclair, fifth-year inside linebacker, is going to try to help turn things around for Stanford on that side of the ball. New scheme, a lot of new players, secondary, a lot of different things we could potentially see from a personnel standpoint um, in that respect. Tristan Sinclair and I caught up during Pac-12 football media days. I, I asked Tristan to, uh, Tristan to begin the chat with his thoughts on just how excited he is for the season ahead. Uh, I'm really excited, obviously, with this new season coming up, new staff, uh, top to bottom, and, and new players, too. Um, obviously, you know, there's been a bunch of change recently, but I think we've embraced it really well and adapted really quickly. Um, and, and spring ball went really well. Summer's been so awesome. And uh, now heading into fall camp in, in almost a week or so here, uh, we're really excited for it and just ready to get started on, on practice one. Of course, one of the big subplots uh, for this team this year, you mentioned a lot of new faces. Um, a lot of guys got their degrees, transferred away. That is how, how it works sometimes. You've got your degree. You stuck around. You're back for your fifth year. Kind of take us through uh, the process that led you to staying at Stanford for the 2023 season. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Uh, I think that for me, I mean, Stanford's home. And I believe in Stanford as a university. I believe in Stanford as a football program. And being able to be a part of this kind of, you know, rebranding and rebirth of the program was super super important to me and I wanted to be part of the foundation and you know we have new coaches new staff and to, to be able to stick around is an incredible opportunity and I'm so grateful that coach Taylor and and these coaches took me back and I'm just super excited to be here and to be here and representing Stanford is, is huge. I remember, I believe, one of your first uh, uh, looks at playing time. It was the game at UCF uh, when, when you were out there. I was like, okay, oh, okay, there's, there's, there's Tristan Sinclair. Okay, interesting. Take me back to that moment, taking the field for the first time, getting actual snaps in the game, and how much you've grown since that point. Yeah, that was a crazy moment. That was a, my first snaps of college football. Kind of thrown it out there. Um, still young, really, really undersized. <laughs> I was probably only about 205 pounds playing inside linebacker, and so that was crazy. Um, and then since then, you know, honestly, that game like didn't didn't go too bad for me, even at that size. And you know, I was able to make a couple tackles and just kind of get my footing there. Um, but since then, I've, I've developed a ton as a player. Just the you know, the way I play, um, you know, uh, yeah, every, everything top to bottom. You know, my, I think that the one big thing is how much lower I play now and with a lot more poise, I would say, and a lot more comfort just knowing that I have uh, the, the speed and the strength to be able to compete with, with these guys. But uh, it's, it's been a long process, and obviously I'm a lot older now since then. So, Take us inside the new defensive scheme and some things that are particularly on your plate out there. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean... Our coach will say it, and I'll say it too, but inside linebacker is probably one of the hardest positions mentally on, on the defense. Um, you know, we have a lot on our plate. We have to, you know, get the big guys up front lined up, make the calls, hear the adjustments, and, and get ourselves lined up and be ready to play. Um, so this new defense is, has definitely been a challenge, but I think that the way they've been teaching it and coaching it has really helped us, been able to pick it up quick um, and be comfortable in the system. Because, you know, a lot of it's the same, and uh, we just bring in different guys, different looks, 
and it's a lot of the same core um, traits though so once you learn those it's easy to to install new defenses and I think that's something that we're going to do is we're going to have new defenses every single week you know different different angles of attack and different blitzes that we want to bring and we did that in the past too that's that's not uncommon but uh, I think we can do that even more so this year with with playing the same core techniques yeah I mean how much more or, or, or how much is aggression going to play? Obviously, you're, you always want to be aggressive defensively, but, but 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 blitzing and all those sorts of things, being aggressive in those kinds of manners. Uh, what sort of differences might we see uh, this season? Yeah, I think one of the big differences is is more in the mentality of. Um, you know, we want to win with our strength, our power, and our speed. And what that does is we're giving more freedom to guys. So there's, it's less about football and more about football. Um, you know, sometimes you're not always going to be plus one in, in a run fit. And so at a certain point, you just got to beat your guy. And that's what these coaches have emphasized. And really just, you know, being physical at the point of attack and shedding blocks, you know, striking and shedding and block destruction, we call it. So that's been a huge part of what they've brought in, brought to the table. And um, I think that the new defense allows guys just to, to make more plays. I, I love some of the terms that, that we come across in, in, in football. Block destruction, that's a new one to me. I kind of like that. That's that, that, that's pretty cool. Upper body yeah. violence. I remember hearing that from, uh, yeah. uh, from Raiders training camp way back in the day. That, that's always uh, stuck with me a little bit um, as well. Uh, as we get closer and closer to the beginning of the season, you guys report uh, coming up here at the end of the month and, 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 and drills go through and as one of the leaders um, of this team, with that aspect of it all, being a leader, how much more does that put on, on, on you this season, not just on the field, but also in the locker room and maybe even off the field a little bit as well? Yeah, I think that you know when you're a leader on the team, there's, there's definitely like expectations for performance. Um, and so that's been one thing I've just been trying to prepare the same and work really hard to be able to perform because, I mean, performance is at the end of the day. It's, it's really about the work that you put in beforehand. Um, but definitely on and off the field, I think that, you know, I try to lead by example. That's like a lot of the great leaders, in my opinion. I mean, Drew Dahlman was a guy I looked up to, and he wasn't a man of many words, but when he did speak, it was loud, you know, and that's, that's, that was his leadership style. And I just want to be looked at as a guy that does everything, the right, the little things right, you know, and to, in really detailed in my process. Um, so I think that's like really important to me just to be able to lead by example. As we've mentioned, you have your degree. It's in computer science, which is not an easy major to go through and to get your degree. And even when, even if you're not uh, being a student athlete um, as well, being inside a linebacker means you have to process a lot of information. Are there certain kind of similarities a little bit from, you know, computer science, coding, AI maybe a little bit? Any, any, any similarities between that, that world and, being, and, and the world of being an inside linebacker? Yeah, sure. That's, a, that's an interesting question. I've never really thought about it too much, honestly, but I think that there is there's some, some pattern recognition. Um, I mean, computer science is kind of like an art form sometimes. It's, there's, you know, there's good ways of doing things and there's creative ways of doing things. Um, but it's, it's kind of a cool thing because you can, you can solve many problems and do it differently. Like code doesn't always look the same or have the same style necessarily. Um, but in football, it's the same thing, right? It's, you know, if, if you're, you can fit things differently, you can kind of attack problems in different ways. And uh, so there is a little bit of correlation there, I would say. And then at inside linebacker, I mean, yeah, it's very reactive, very communication and um, all that. So 
Yeah, there's there's some there's some correlation, I would say. I'm gonna show my age and 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 go back to the basic language. A lot of if then statements, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of those, definitely. And that's what it is on defense. You know, it's like if they line up in this, then we check this. If they line up in that, or you know, whatever it is, and, and that's something that's part of our process. Um, you know, it's we find the ball, we get the call. You know, we, we make the calls for the guys up front, we get ourselves lined up, and then one of the big things Coach D talks about is our wingman. You know, you, you never leave your wingman out to dry. Uh, so we're always talking to each other, just co-piloting, like, hey, alert this, alert that. So we're ready for it. You know, if it does happen, then we're, they're ready for the, for the call. I'm intrigued to see Bernadelle, the transfer from Florida International. What have you seen from him so far? Yeah, GB's a guy that, I mean, he's played a ton of football. He's got a lot of experience. So he's he's really a guy that came in and would hit the ground running. You know, there wasn't too much for him to, to learn or pick up. Um, Coach G's done a ton of technique work with all of us, and, and he's a guy that's gotten a lot better um, since Coach, Coach D's been here with us. And um, he's definitely a leader on the team as a young guy, and He's an awesome player. I love playing with him. I'm really intrigued to see the outside guys. David Bailey, of course, has gotten a lot of notice as well. Ernest Cooper, when he played, especially in that Arizona State game, he completely changed that game around by himself. Uh, Tafiti as well. Uh, the outside guys, you know, how, how, could, how could they kind of help be game changers a little bit? Yeah, those are just a few names um, of guys that are total studs. Those are young. Those are all young guys too. Those are, I mean, they're rising sophomores. Um, so total total game changers there and then uh, we also have Wilfredo back which I'm excited for him to play he's a good boundary guy and you know can can make plays with his strength and, and speed um, so yeah those guys are, are going to be great for us they're going to be in coverage they're going to be pass rushing I think they're, they're going to be put in more opportunities where you know guys won't know if they're coming or not and there's more uh, there's more flexibility with them where they're going to be put in better positions for pass rush couple last things here for you. Uh, your dad, Andy, played for Stanford football back in the mid-80s. What was his reaction when he saw that Troy Taylor was going to be the new head coach? Obviously with Taylor having played for Cal mm -hmm. right when your dad was playing for the Cardinal. Yeah, I think he was excited. Um, I don't know how well he knew Coach Taylor beforehand, but uh, that was kind of the guy that a lot of people thought would be the right man for the job. And, you know, just seeing what he did at Sac State and, I mean, shoot, that's that's a good resume in my opinion. So being able to turn that program around and he was the guy I was kind of pulling for. But my dad was, you know, he was cool about it and just wanted to hear like what I thought. And yeah, so it was, it was sweet. All right, let's wrap it up on this. Benchmarks for the season ahead. What are what are the goals for the squad in 2023? I mean, obviously, I think the, the, the standard thing we've been saying is that we, we got to go win a bowl game. You know, so I've, I mean, I've personally never been to a bowl game, and that's what these coaches came in day one and said, we're not here to, to mess around, to rebuild, like we're here to win. Um, so winning a bowl game is, that's, that's what we're, we're striving for right now. Here, here. I like it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys and the defense uh, get to work uh, throughout the course of the season. Tristan, thanks a bunch. Really appreciate the time. Best of luck. Best of health this upcoming season. We'll talk again soon. Thank you so much. Appreciate it for having me. It's Tristan Sinclair. Block destruction. <laughs> wow. I, I love football. <laughs> I love the terminology. I love the, 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 the slang, even, if you want to call it that. But uh, block destruction, that's a good one. I'd never, I'd never heard that before. But uh, really appreciate uh, Tristan's perspective on so many different things um, that we had a chance to cover. And, and look, as, as, as we mentioned, you know, there were a good number of guys from last year's squad who got their degrees, had eligibility left, and explored opportunities elsewhere. Hey, congratulations to them. And, and, and nothing but the best of luck 
uh, going forward. You know, you get your degree. Hey, I got no problem with what you do um, after that. Tristan Sinclair decided to stay and to finish, in a lot of ways, what he started. And I, I do remember that game at UCF back in 2019. I, I, <laughs> it wasn't a great result, um, but uh, I, I do remember seeing Tristan playing back then. Looked a little undersized, about 205 pounds, as he told us, but has grown and has become more physical as his career has gone along. So we'll be intriguing to see uh, what he can bring, along with Gaithan Bernadel, the transfer from Florida International. You heard some of Tristan's thoughts on that. Uh, Bernadel, the leading tackler for Florida International last year. So, hey, a transfer, uh, oh my gosh, a transfer coming into the Stanford football program and potentially uh, having a chance to make a big impact? Who knew? Oh, by the way, Stanford football and Troy Taylor recruiting very well? Who knew? I, I was told that Stanford wasn't going to be able to recruit in, in this new age and era of college sports. Eh, whatever. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what Stanford defensively does from an aggression standpoint, schematically and tactically. Uh, I, I, it's, it's no secret last year at times maybe Stanford played a bit passive uh, defensively and it kind of came to a head a little bit when the players had to call a meeting with the coaches and say, hey, turn us loose, man. Let us go. So I'm looking forward to seeing how, look, defenses are always generally going to be aggressive with a mindset, but I'm looking forward to seeing how Stanford's defense becomes more aggressive in schematics and in tactics. I think that is also going to go a long way towards dictating how and where Stanford finishes in the 2023 season. All right, you heard from Troy Taylor. You heard from Tristan Sinclair. You heard from John Humphreys as well. But now we kind of need to kind of go to the corner suite, the corner office a little bit over at Ariaga Family Sports Center. And what is really cool, it's, it's, it's kind of become a, a tree cast tradition of sorts to hang out for a moment or so with Stanford Athletic Director Bernard Muir. We've done it now the past couple of years, and there's, there's always something, right? <laughs> when you're a college athletic director, there's always something that you uh, need to be aware of. There's always something on your plate, and we'll certainly get into that during the course of our chat with Bernard. But uh, the first thing that, that, that he and I caught up about was the fact that, A, I wished him a happy new year of sorts, and B congratulated him on Stanford bringing back the Director's Cup to its rightful place back on the farm. Well, Troy, thank you very much. It is it is like a holiday and a, a kind of a re reunion for us to get together like this. Uh, uh, obviously a great year. Uh, excited to have the Director's Cup back on the farm. Uh, we don't take that for granted. I mean, the competition is fierce. Uh, we, our teams are competing at a high level and uh, obviously we celebrate last year, but we're also looking forward to a new year and new opportunity. And, and so uh, that's what's on the horizon for us. And uh, hopefully we can have great, continue that great success. New year, new opportunities, and you're about to have a new boss here. Of course, the big news on the campus, President Mark Tessier-Levine announcing his resignation, which will take effect at the end of August. Uh, short term, does that change anything from an athletic department standpoint? And when the new president comes in, do you have like a laundry list of stuff ready for ready to go over with them? Well, you know, obviously shocked by the news. Um, you know, Mark has been such a huge advocate for uh, athletics in general, and certainly uh, being a, a key member of the Pac-12 board. Uh, so, you know, at the same token, we, we know that 
uh, what our goals are in store, and, and not only do we have a new new president that will be coming in, but we all have a new provost right. who I report to. Yep. So uh, there'll be an adjustment, no no question about that. Uh, but I, I'm sure our board of trustees will be uh, trying to find the best candidates and, and make the best selection, uh, and then we'll bring that person up to speed on what's going on with our conference, what's going on with our institution uh, as far as our athletics program, and and really try to set a path forward that we can continue this level of success and this broad-based excellence, which we're so proud of. Yeah, how critical is that relationship between your corner office at the Ariaga Family Sports Center and the office in Building 10, the President's office, and the university leadership? How critical is that that relationship? I think the main thing, which from top down is really important, is just making sure athletics is an integral part of the university at large. And so uh, wherever we can, uh, really work to forge great relationships, and certainly uh, I've, I've been fortunate to have that since I've been at Stanford with the provost, the president, the board of trustees, and I expect that that will continue uh, even though we're going through this this change. Um, but at the same token, it's really important for everyone to be on board, everyone understanding what the purpose is, what we're trying to provide for our student athletes uh, at large and for the broader Stanford community. And so uh, that's, that's something that we'll have to bring some people up to speed and hopefully if we need to alter course or change any uh, our mode of, of trying to uh, continue this broad-based broad level of success, uh, that we'll be able to engage in dialogue and conversation uh, and discussion uh, in order for us to carry out our purpose. I'll, I'll get your, your more mi- micro thoughts on football and what you're looking for in the season of, of coming here in just a little bit. But uh, obviously there's been a big narrative about, you know, and, and it's true, you know, the transfer portal is so tough to get kids in and things like that. And it's might potentially make it more difficult for Stanford to be able to, to, be able to pe- compete on that ne- on that level necessarily. That being said, We've seen some guys start to come yeah. in. Troy Taylor, and I'll get your further thoughts on him in a moment or so, but we've seen guys start to come in a little bit more uh, than we've seen over the past few years. What sort of things did it take to get that to get to that point to be able to reach that point where we where Stanford's able to bring guys in on a quick basis. Well, that's a, another great question, Troy. I, I think that that level of engagement across campus, the discussions, to just kind of set the set the tone of well, here's what's going on on the landscape. Here's what we're finding that some of our student athletes, even though a, a bit surprising in that. You know, Stanford, once you sign up for Stanford, you expect that people will stay for four or five years. But we are seeing some people taking advantage, especially those that graduated from Stanford, which is first and foremost what we want to see, explore some other opportunities ahead. And so how do we react to that? And that was a conversation that we've had on campus. And luckily, our our Office of Admissions really helped us try to figure this out. And with the caveat that we had to make sure that whoever was going to come in as a transfer could do the work academically, which was most important. And so uh, I'm just thankful that we could engage in that dialogue. We have seen not only in, in the sport of football, but across a n- number of sports at the right time and the right purpose, finding the right uh, student athlete that would be up for this Stanford experience. Um, and being able to come in. And so for that, we're grateful. Uh, you know, we can't make that the, truly our hallmark for building our programs, uh, but it is an option for us, which I'm glad that we can engage in. And as you know, at Stanford, the number of transfers just overall, not just student-athletes, it's pretty small. And so, uh, and all of a sudden, the floodgates are not going to open and we're going to have uh, transfers across the board, but hopefully where our coaches can be selective and take advantage of opportunities, they can do so. Yeah, when you see things 
like say, let's, let's, let's just say a, a different school hires a coach and they just flip an entire roster, hypothetically, not that that would, that would ever really happen, but they just flip an entire roster, bring in their luggage, their Louis Vuitton, oh wait, no, from, from, the, uh, from the transfer portal. I mean, when you see how other schools do business like that, what's your reaction, especially the lens that you have to look through it as, as the athletic director at Stanford? Well, I, I'm not going to criticize how schools do their do their operation and their business. I just know for Stanford, here's the realities, right? And so uh, we're going to have very limited transfers. We're going to have very, we're, what I like to say now is we're going to build through the draft and get kids out of, out of high school who are ever interested in the Stanford education and being able to compete at a high level. Uh, and then we're going to have to really develop them. And hopefully by the time in a sport like football, by the time they're juniors and seniors, they'll be ready and mature and be able to go out and compete. I know uh, our coaching staff probably wants to accelerate that process for freshmen and sophomores, but let's see what happens. Um, and, and at the so- same token, if we can take advantage of these opportunities here and there where a student says, you know what, change of uh, decision, I might have made the wrong decision coming out of high school. Now I'm really interested in the Stanford education that we can take take advantage of that if, if, if it's right on, mutually, uh, uh, right on, on, on either side. So um, that's, that's what we have to, to be concerned with. I'm not concerned with what other schools are doing and how they're building the rosters. Uh, the, the bottom line is how are we doing our craft and how can we do that and continue this level of excellence across the board. That's what's really important here. And I will tell you, it's challenging when you look at college sport in general, what's gone on, not only the transfer portal, but NIL, uh, whether we have student athletes become employees, which is something that obviously Stanford would be against. Um, there's a lot on the horizon here and we're trying to navigate through. And as you know, uh, in the past few years, we've had some issues from a budgetary standpoint and how do we make that work and uh, try to offer this 36 sport broad-based program I mean, uh, it's getting more and more challenging. Everyone is investing more into their sports. They're running less sports, and, and we're trying to do this, continue to do this at a high level. And so those are the things that I'm mostly concerned, I'm mostly concerned about uh, and what others choose to do. That, that's their business. Oh, by the way, Stanford, of course, has a new head football coach as well, Troy Taylor, about to take the, the field for the first time as a Stanford football head coach when the Cardinal head to Hawaii on September the 1st. Can't wait for that one. Uh, I'm sure it's been a bit different in a lot of ways. What differences have you noticed uh, with Troy Taylor running the helm for Stanford football? Well, I, I credit Troy for getting hit the ground running, building a staff, and really being aggressive, especially in just setting the tone for the for the program, for the student athletes that are involved, uh, but also on the recruiting front. He has gotten after, he and his staff have gotten after it. We've had great recruiting success. People understand the value of a Stanford education, and he's been able to to attract those, those young people who really want to take advantage of, of that opportunity. Uh, and at the same token, if you watch our spring practices, uh, the energy, the quickness of getting from one drill to another, uh, the intensity has really uh, grown, and I think our student-athletes have, have fed into it and have really embraced it, and it's going to be exciting to see this development, which will take some time, I'm sure, uh, to grow, but uh, I, I think, boy, 
initially great positive first steps. So uh, very excited to see what, what unfolds here. Yeah, what, what do you think is fair to expect from Stanford football on the field this fall? Well, I, I just think our, our young people are going to compete. You can see that just in the spring uh, practices, and now we'll in, introduce a new freshman class as well, too. Uh, the depth is going to be we've lost some people during the transition, uh, and so that may show. Uh, but at the same token, uh, just the enthusiasm, the style of play, I think our, our Stanford fans are going to be very excited to see what is to come. Uh, and obviously, as we continue to build and Troy and his team and his staff continue to build these classes, uh, I think we're going to get back to where we all want to be. And uh, I'm very excited to see that process develop. And hopefully we can do it rather quickly. Let's see how it all turns out. Can't wait. Bernard, thanks as always. Always appreciate the time. Always a great way to kick off the new year and can't wait to uh, get things really rolling here in the weeks ahead. Always appreciate the time. Best of luck. We'll see you around. Hey, thank you so much for all you do for supporting us and and supporting our student athletes. Uh, Obviously, exciting time. Every time we hit media day, we know it's coming. It's just around the corner uh, and looking forward to a a very exciting year. Our thanks as always uh, to uh, Bernard Muir, the uh, Stanford Athletic Director, the longtime Stanford Athletic Director. And look, in a period where there's a lot of transition uh, for the conference, the athletic conference that, that, that Stanford plays in, and certainly a lot of transition coming up uh, for Stanford on the university leadership level with a new president and a new provost coming in. And you might remember back to when Stanford was in its coaching search and uh, trying to find the new head football coach uh, for the farm. And you might remember I said, hey, look, you know, who's next might not matter quite as much as what's next as far as how the university handles things, whether it finds ways to perhaps be a bit more creative in its admissions process, especially from a transfer standpoint. And, And look, again, Stanford is not going to build an entire roster through the transfer portal. That's just not going to happen. But Stanford needs to be able to at least be able to compete on some level in that department of of, of roster management and, and, and personnel acquisition and things like that. And, you know, so with the university administration somewhat in flux, a lot up in the air. But what we've seen since last December has been encouraging with the transfers coming in not just for football but across other sports hey how about the big news for softball (laughs) the other week that'll be neat to see so a lot on the plate here for Stanford as of right now and it was intriguing to hear Bernard say look we we build we build through the draft right you know we're not exactly trying to bring in guys for just one or two years and, and and just and just see what happens there and, you know, I, I kind of jokingly, you know, single, singled Boulder out. What's happening in Boulder um, out was, as far as, you know, complete and total roster flips. But, you know, they're, they're not alone. There's no shortage of programs going that route and just going whole hog on the transfer portal. Obviously, that's not what Stanford's going to be able to do. And rightfully so, based on what the mission of the university is. But it is nice to see steps being taken in that direction. Look, everything's evolving right? Everything is evolving outside of the eucalyptus curtain and inside as well. And it was good to get uh, Bernard Muir's latest thoughts as we head into another academic athletic season. Uh, look, it's, it's one of my favorite days uh, of the year coming down 
to Las Vegas now, even though it was 115 degrees when I walked out of the airport terminal on Thursday afternoon. Why do people choose to live like this? I don't understand. This is bonkers. But always, even though the, the setting has changed, always a great way to get the mind right for the season. And look, today, today was talking day, and it's certainly all about action from here. Can't wait. You know, six weeks out until the season opener. 5 p.m. Hawaii time, 8 p.m. Pacific. It is three-hour difference, right, I believe, this time of year? I'll, I'll need to take another look at that, but, but I think you get my drift. September the 1st, Stanford at Hawaii. The Troy Taylor era truly begins with his first game as Stanford's head coach. Should be fun. Looking forward to the season ahead. In fact, I'm looking forward to a lot of things in the weeks ahead and getting forward and getting on with another season in which we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot and uh, see where this program is at the end of the year. And hey, by all, by all accounts and all reports, help is on the way in recruiting for 24 and perhaps 25 as well. So the future looks pretty good for Stanford as of right now. But let's see if the Cardinal can win some games, a bunch of them. What's that uh, Sinclair said? Hey, let's, let's win a bowl game this year. Why not? Amen to that, my man. Amen to that. As always, I welcome your thoughts. Anything that you heard on this edition of the show. Best way to do that is via Twitter. Yes, I'm still on Twitter. Hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast is the best way to uh, ensure that I see what you've got on your mind considering uh, Stanford sports and on uh, what you hear during the course of this show. Looking forward to what is ahead. The regular season will be here before you know it. Thanks again to our special guests, Stanford Athletic Director Bernard Muir, football head coach Troy Taylor, inside linebacker Kristen Sinclair, and wide receiver John Humphreys. Also special thanks to the uh, Stanford Athletics uh, media relations staff, uh, Maddie Gotro. Congrats on her wedding. Almost said Maddie Heaps, but that's no longer her, her last name. Maddie Gotro and uh, Brian Rizzo in the house as well. But of course, the biggest thanks also goes out to you for being a part of the show and for joining us on the TreeCast. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay sane. And we'll talk to you next time on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity on the Believe Podcast Network and presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.